Hello, hello, hello. We are back for another exciting episode of Ask Somebody Else. There you go, a little intro by Mace. Welcome you all back to the building. Oh my gosh. Well, hello there, sir. <laughs> What's going on? Well, look how punctual you are. Hey, listen, I'm normally late. And I said to myself, not this time. Not this time. Wow. I, I didn't even get to say anything. This is a world <laughs> record. I, I think, so text started, and I think text was about 13 minutes late. That's <laughs> yeah. bad. We've then been winding back, and we've had about five minutes for free. But you, you're right on time. You're zero minutes late. I'm normally late, you know. Like I normally am, but I thought, nah, mm. come on. Hey, Carl, this, this, is, this, is, this is important today. I know a lot of people have been excited about this one. A lot of people have wanted to, you know, yourself uh, built up a very lovely following on Instagram. I haven't even got to introduce what we're doing today. I've just seen the lighting go on to make sure that skin's <laughs> popping. I've seen that for those who joined late. Ted has just engaged the lighting. I have my own ring going on here so you can see me glow. <laughs> um, so... Guys, for those that don't know, this is a section called Ask Somebody Else. It's an amazing section I do every week at Sunday at 6pm where you get to ask another industry expert about property. So, Tej, don't pull that face. You are an industry expert. <laughs> we've got you on today and we're going to ask you loads of questions. A few people have laughed and said, you know what? I think this is the first one that's going to go over an hour because I think Tej is the only person that can out-talk you. So, we're going to see how we get on today. <laughs> Listen, I'm hungry, you know, so when I get hungry, the internet connection goes, the sound goes, it just, it fades, you just, you just go through a tunnel in your own house. Basically, yeah. So, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so, fair enough. Um, so, for those that don't know Ted, you should. He's the king of all things yellow, all things branding, a um, property investor, um, has, shall I give you his bio or his clubhouse bio? I don't know which one to go with at the moment. I'm going to give you his clubhouse bio. So, he's done, I think, he purchased 15 properties in nine months, um, raised over 600k worth of um, investor finance. A lot of that, as I understand, has actually been returned and you're reworking with some of the same investors. Um, mm -hmm. You have a portfolio, I think, in excess of a million, 1.2, 1.3 million, 1.2 million. Um, but go on, give the guys a bit more about your background, how you got into property, what areas you invest in. Cool. So, um, yeah, I've been in property for, I think, two years now. Lockdown, mm -hmm. just, I don't know what time is. Um, I started off, and I still do, uh, buying single let, buy to lets in Wales. Um, about 200, well, 150 to 200 miles from where I live, which mm -hmm. I'm sure people have questions about. Uh, I have a book I've written, and my second one is On The Way. Um, I have a podcast, Tej Talks. I used to say I'm a public speaker, but, you know, now it's like talking into my screen and, and talking to this. So it's, it's, it's kind of changed since the good old days. Um, I do run a networking event as well, which mm -hmm. uh, you, you've spoken at it. I, mean, I have, I have, I've spoken. To, yeah, yeah, we managed with, to get part uh, of agents and booking, past, so, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, you yeah. Managed, managed to squeeze through and come in direct, you know, those, <laughs> those fees are rising, but luckily you got me on the cheap at an early stage. Yeah, we passed the gatekeepers, yeah, with Pippa, so that'll be coming back, 
whenever we're allowed to. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I you know I do a few things. Social media branding is is one of the biggest things I think yeah. that people recognize me from, and I put a lot of time into. So yeah, you know, you said the clubhouse bio, I said the kind of soft bio. I think mm-hmm. hopefully people kind of get a, a taste of yeah, what I'm about. Exactly, exactly that. Um, so I guess as a starting point, would for a lot of people and a lot of people's first questions are why like what was the why for property like why did you get into property and also how did you get into property yeah so i used to have a recruitment business which i ran for three years maybe four years and then i spent the last part of it kind of contracting in-house with firms like like just tech companies and stuff because it was fun and i missed human like contact and all that shit so um and it allowed me to make a lot of money quickly doing eh, arguably not too much Mm -hmm. uh i exactly that was what people call golden handcuffs mm. was making money but i didn't like it and i just thought hold on a minute i go into business to make money but really is to do something i like and to actually then create something i want to have an interest in i thought what have i done for the past x many years good fun it taught me a yeah. lot um and then i thought well hold on <clears throat> i didn't read rich dad poor dad i haven't read it yet and i'm probably never gonna read it um i i just thought property you know i like grand designs amazing spaces um how can i put my creativity from recruitment which i couldn't really use there into something that's gonna earn money passively as opposed to what i've done seven hours big quotes on the passive you know what we can talk about that because it definitely is passive in a lot of elements and then some others isn't um and i kind of yeah i just wanted something that would Instead of me being like, oh, right, I've done seven hours today, I've made 50 calls, I could be, you know, getting closer to some money. I kind of want to be like, mm, I've done nothing or I've done this and that and the money's still coming in. Yeah. So that was the main reason. Um, how, well, that's the why. How was I inventing networking events, started my podcast, um, mm-hmm. joined lives like this, joined meetings like this, um, you know, went to dinner with people, bought people dinner to pick their brains. And it just, yeah, I sort of evolved and switched by going to a few big events like the National Landlords, I don't know what it is, just one big yeah. sales, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I had my first deal. I want to say it was December 2018. I think I had offer accepted, but I can't remember the dates. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, no, I think what, one thing you touched on there that's really interesting is the like, understanding the importance of information. So the fact that potentially just offering to buy somebody dinner or take them for a drink and actually get the opportunity to ask questions because information is power and also information is really valuable um like i said particularly like you know you do you have like your own courses and stuff that you teach and i think there's a lot of information out there but a good thing i like about like the courses particularly the type of courses that you do is they're within a bracket that's value for money but it is it's the structure so yeah there might be loads of information out there for free but it's, mm-hmm. it's a service that you're paying for to almost give you a roadmap. It doesn't guarantee success, but it gives you a roadmap to follow a path to allow you to actually almost feed your own hunger like in the property space, which I really like yeah. about. So I commend you on those courses. And for those who haven't looked into them, would definitely recommend just uh, clicking, clicking on Ted, giving them a follow and making sure that you do go and have a look at those. Because I don't do them myself and people always ask. So I'd much rather direct them to somebody who I know does them well. Um that again that's really amazing is obviously purchasing 15 properties in a sort of war just even if we just say less than a year span um 
I think, could you sort of touch on how you managed to achieve that and what your, your strategy was in, in that space? Mm, yeah, so, I mean, it was very, very stressful and it was incredibly challenging for 101 different reasons. It was challenging mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. Um, it was really, really difficult. Um, you know, if I look at the market now and back then, would I be able to do the same thing now? Hell no, I can't even get one in a year. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's crazy. So, of course, there was market factors. Um, there was the brand, you know, like mm. all everything that meant I could buy these deals came from the brand, aka mm. the money. And actually, I would say six or seven of those deals came as a direct result, probably more, of my brand. Mm. Now, that's a lot. Like, this thing has got me the money and the deals. What else do I need? You know, yeah. and arguably, it's actually saved me money off solicitors, builders, broke you know it's it basically kind of got me everything in you that could, process you've used it to leverage you could you can kind of almost use yeah. your brand to leverage it gives you a negotiation standpoint because you are something you have a product to offer you have a give and take you're bringing something to the table effectively yeah that's it now, whether it's awareness or whether it's mm. hey i know people and if i say i trust you as a solicitor you can bet your ass they're gonna want to work with you and mm. that's has made thousands of pounds off the intros i don't want a referral i just mm. want when it comes to me and I'll say a seven-day completion, it better be a six-day completion. That's what yeah. I want. That's all yeah. I ask because that... To be fair, and I think that's something even, again, I, I always pay homage to people like that when I've looked at stuff that you've done. Like, there's, there was a time where I didn't really understand the value of my own brand. I just, you know, I was, I'm very much like, I'm a little bit older, like I'm 31, and I'm very, like, social media was slightly new to me. So I was very much just like, oh, it's just an Instagram thing. It's just the internet. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's, nah, whatever. But it was only when like people were physically like cutting me up on the street and saying like, oh, like you're that Kazi guy, like can I can I talk to you? Like literally, like you said, can I take you for food? Can I but oh this is a this is becoming a thing. <laughs> like and then even when I think I I watched, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or just a live or even maybe a conversation that we had. Um, but again, talking about you know wearing, you know, whether it's wearing your own branding or putting your own branding out there, making sure that when you go to agents, they know who you are. They know what you're about because the second an agent maybe just thinks, oh, let me just have a, he's wearing a bright yellow t-shirt, but let me have a click on his Instagram. And they see that, okay, no, this guy actually does do it. You don't, don't have to send them a thousand different proof of funds, proof of what you are, proof of who you think, you know, you can, um, can definitely get, get deals done that bit quicker. And yes, that definitely adds a lot of value with branding. And because your background was, so it was, was it a marketing or not marketing? Yeah, I mean, so I studied biochemistry at uni and mm -hmm. I went into like, they call it medical education. So mm. it's marketing, but behind the scenes. So for the doctors and nurses, mm. they're basically less lying, but still kind of lying for mm. pharmaceutical companies. Okay. But anyways, I'm, I'm not trying to get sued, so I won't go into that. <laughs> right, but I think for people that are trying to get into property as well, I like the way you found something to leverage. So you had an area of expertise. Your expertise wasn't in property, but your expertise was whether it's public speaking or building brand awareness or sales. You mm. use that to create a value service that you could use as a trade-off point in property. And I think that's maybe one thing that a lot of people miss when they're saying, how do I get into property away from all these get rich sort of get rich quick schemes in property that actually you often have a lot of tangible value within yourself based on what you've learned, what you've studied, what where you've worked in the past and using those resources to leverage and to kind of say, okay, look, I can use those as a negotiation point. 
I think is really key. So I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that as well. No, hundred um, percent. You know, to answer that question about how I did it, it, you know, simply put, of course, it's hard work. It's persistent. It's consistent. Blah blah blah. But the real thing that allowed me to do it so quickly and to maybe kind of to help me stand out in some sense is this. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think yeah, that's that's it so for a lot of people and it doesn't necessarily mean that a brand has to be what you do to get into property but you created something that gave you a value proposition when you go to the agent I'm this whereas somebody else who's got a background in structural engineering is going there and saying like you know I can provide x y or z for you or I can you know what I mean just just working out mm-hmm. where where your value where your value lies um Couple of questions. One, one sort of more specific question was your best best deal in property to date. Is it? Is What's it, my best deal? Yeah. What was your best? Or it can be your favorite. It doesn't have to be your most. Yeah, like, I've got I've got um, some. Yeah, a lot of my deals are good. Like a lot of on paper, a lot of them are good, and the, the ROI is amazing. But my favorite one has got to be one that. Um, so I was in YPN magazine. <laughs> hashtag plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not waiting list at the moment, by the way, for you know people to be in there. Oh. So it's a big deal. Okay, what can I say? Full page spread. I won't go on about it. It was the first one as well. Just a anyway. full pager. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, as soon as you open up, me. But that's cool. That's you know what I'm saying. It's every day. Too. Um, so it's, it's a deal where I purchased it pre-auction. Um, it was like a rundown, the standard, you know, like standard stuff, right? Rundown, old kitchen, old bathroom, there, usual. Yeah. Um, and I only got it pre-auction because I knew the auction house, which took time and effort. And actually, I, I bought a couple of them. So it was kind of like, I was like, look, yeah. you know, I'm good for it. Let's get on with it. Um, we completed in, I want to say, 28 days. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the figures in a second. So we bought it, I think I completed, I don't know, 4th of December, something like yeah. that. And I was going to flip it, but then I ended up keeping another one in the portfolio because it got downvalued. And I was like, no, sorry, I ended up selling that one because it got downvalued. I was like, shit, okay, I've got to keep this. So it's kind of a bit too sexy for a rental, but, it, you know, it works. Um, three months and three days after I got the keys, we had the tenant secured and all paid up. Mm-hmm. And I actually had the refinance money in my account exactly three months and three days after that and of course the house was refurbed yeah. and ready to go this is uncommon that big up yeah. to my broker you know to ev- and my solicitor who completed it in like 28 days or less um but that's my favorite because it was my first time working with this build team before i'd now sent the bailiffs around so that fucking changed quick innit? um so it, it was quite good in that sense um it's a gorgeous gorgeous house um, and it got super valued. It got mm. it got valued above what I put in the pack. Yeah. I was like, all right. Um, <clears throat> bought it for seventy two. Spent eighteen and a bit on it. Fees, cost, etc. Got revalued at hundred. Um, and we, I left in, I left in three thousand pounds. It cost three fifty a month. Someone rang me mid 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 call, so I had to mute you for a second. Then, well, that's, that's, my, yeah, that, that, that's my favorite deal. Um, it's not yeah. the best on paper, like ROI, but yeah, but I did love to see. My, and also, if you were to annualize, if you were to if you were to sort of sold that deal, if you were to annualize the ROI, it's totally different. And I think one thing, a lot of like even some of my best deals, 
I think I spoke to you about one that was a conversion, ended up taking two years. So the money sounds amazing when you say, look, I made this amount. But because it's two years, I actually have to think in terms of my return on capital employed, I need to extend that. And so it's actually half the annualized amount. So I think just when you're doing mm-hmm. your numbers, you always need to look at sort of a time value of money and how long you've mm-hmm. used that money for and what you could have done it, what you could have done. Um, sorry. That's true. So, so, so I think someone asked a question just in regards to branding um, 31 homes. So they were talking that we was back on our previous discussion in terms of when we spoke about, obviously, you building a brand and what their question was, uh, how do you get that trust and positioning when you're just starting out? You don't. <laughs> That's the answer. You don't. Um, like, simple as that. Um, and I don't know what you're saying, people never answer it. It's because that's the hard truth, is that mm. you don't. Like, it's easy to sell the dream and say, hey, you know, do my raising finance module and you'll raise finance in a week. And it might happen. It, like, it absolutely can, but it's unlikely to come from your brand in a week. Um, yeah. It takes, like, um, Kathy, how long ago did you start posting on Instagram, seriously? Um, like, uh, June 2020. Okay. So... Like now you're very recognizable, mm-hmm. at least in the property community space. In the property space, yeah. But that's taken more yeah. than six months. It's taken, yes, close to nine months. So that is the truth, that you want, Holmes, is mm-hmm. that at the beginning, you don't. But that's why you have to, and I suppose I started before I even had a property, you have to start because it's not like, oh, shit, I've got a deal, I need 200 grand, mm-hmm. let me make a page. It's like your page should be made four months ago. Exactly. So and then you come to it. There's a lot of stuff you can do in the background. I know loads of people that, um, I don't know who sounds, is it me that sounds very far away or Tej? I don't know, but, um, but I'm sure it must be me because I can hear Tej fine. So let me try and speak up. Um, I think, I know loads of people I was saying that they're talking about property, all things property. They're posting hints and tips. They're discussing property, the property space, asking questions, engaging with people. They're still at university. They're not in a position to buy it, but they're still working towards what they want to achieve in the long term. And I think I've been banging on about this for the last three weeks. But I always say that just because you can't get into property or do exactly what you want to do now doesn't mean you can't start to take those steps to move forward or position yourself to be ready to make that jump when things develop. Um, I think a good example you gave was with your auction as well, like that relationship with the auction house. They didn't buy into Ted's talks just off the brand. You had to mm-hmm. buy a house that maybe made a bit of money, maybe buy another house that maybe made a little bit, but not that much. By the time you wanted to buy a third house, it's like, look, you know me now. You've seen me a few times. I've done what I said I'm going to do. So you've built, they may have people that have bought through them a hundred times, but have no brand. So they don't really recognize them. They don't, you know, ask the right questions, engage with them how you want to. So sometimes that brand and doing actually what you're saying you're going to do and how you can build that credibility, not immediately, but mm-hmm. at least expedite the process. Yep. So I think that that is um, very <clears throat> I hope that helps 31 homes. Exactly, exactly. And then over to, so we spoke about it a great deal. What about a bad deal? Maybe a bad um, deal with experience or just a bad deal in general? Have you had any of those? Um, yeah, oh, <laughs> plenty, man. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, some were rescued by the end value or by some cost engineering. But I would say, what's the deal that makes me 
oh, okay, let's talk about my flip. So I had a flip and the pictures look beautiful. I think mm-hmm. it had the most viewings of any property from the agency I listed it with. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it was wow. Um, but it wasn't wow. So I made so many mistakes on this. And it's minor stuff, but it, there's so many minor things like mm-hmm. not re-plumbing the house, not fixing the leak before people came up for a viewing, not re-plastering one of the main walls. um not looking at some damp that was just because i fired the first builders off it second one's also messed up it cost so much money i didn't do what i know now which is ted shut up put your cheap ass to the side spend what you need to spend so that it can sell and you can get rid of it right yeah. but i was just i didn't have anyone to turn and actually i should have used my network but you know i didn't have a mentor even to turn to where i could say what do i do should you know should i do this should i do that mm. and because it's slightly further away than most of my properties i don't know if <clears throat> i had anything to do with it but it kind of got left behind a little bit um and it was meant to be a flip so we should have been in and out i don't know 6 months max like mm. in terms of completing but it was meant to profit 20000 pounds which would have been about yeah like 25% um profit on cost so i'm happy with that mm. um and what happened was it ended up on sale losing me minus 5000 pounds um and i've recently just paid the final invoice i hope to fix stuff that went wrong kind of afterwards yeah, i said to the guy that look yeah i said look I'll, i'll fix stuff that should have been, you know that was is my issue basically so i spent another grand and a half fixing stuff so basically this house cost me minus 6 and a half thousand pounds um and months of interest costs months of finance in fact the investor said to me tell us look i'll cut the rate um and i'll give you a break on on the interest like do your thing let's just get rid of it so i was like ah okay you know and yeah and and so i mean the interest i paid on that house i don't know it was a lot and uh, i mean i've learned a million and one things from that but that deal for me mm. just kept coming back and kept pissing me off yeah. i made a lot so mm. I think yeah a lot of the times particularly like one thing is don't be afraid to ask questions like don't be afraid to say I don't know this that especially mm-hmm. because of this with the good thing about the clubhouse world is that there's so many people to ask questions and so many people that are just happy to give you their expertise and there's different spaces between clubhouse instagram facebook and loads more youtube that you can just ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions I think particularly on flips it's always good you don't want to pay for everything but sometimes you have to think on stuff that you can see like so like you said i think not so much the plumbing that's give or take you know you, you take the expert opinion of a builder but like on plaster in a wall somebody's going to see that so if some people can see this wall looks really ropey they're going to question the roof the plumbing the electrics yeah. and everything else so you might just miss out on a couple of people that were this close to offering but that was what made it turn the no to a yes actually he did you know what you're right someone offered oh my god best story i forgot this part <laughs> someone offered um and i was going i was serious right and this guy he like he, he accepted that there was some issue how he was fine with that um he then viewed it again so he took ages and he was annoying me um he took ages then he brought his new missus around or something apparently she didn't like it he comes back talking all the shit about damp this blah blah all this crap yeah Yeah. And I said to the agent, listen, tell him to go F himself. There's yeah. none of that in there. I've agreed if there is any, I'll fix it. He's already taken a month. You're pissing me off. 
Anyways, I may or may not have called him a dickhead on Instagram Live. Maybe. I don't remember. I mean, sources say, but I don't remember that. I'm innocent, okay? There's not a shaggy. I am innocent. So, um, he starts saying to the agent, oh, I'm going to send him a cease and desist letter. I'm going to sue him all this for my conveyancing costs. And I was like, please do. Like, please send it to me. No evidence, no proof. And conveyancing, you snooze, you lose, isn't it? It's your fees. That's how it works. So that pissed me off. That wasted a month of, you know, month and a half of conveyancing. So that really annoyed me. So that house just ugh, pissed me off. Did, did, did you think, did you learn any lessons about insulting people over the internet? Or you nope, I'm going to continue doing it. But <laughs> I never did it. But I never did. I never did it. But I will continue. If I ever did it, I will continue. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, a couple of questions again. Some of these questions are not maybe you specific. So if they're not, feel free to them away. Um, so... Somebody, who was it asked? Uh, Martin asked, is it wise to complete a refurb in this current market cycle? If you can get a really, if you can get something and actually mm -hmm. make money in this market cycle, then bloody hell, do it. Because everyone mm -hmm. else is, you know, we're all struggling a lot. So yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, I think that's it. Do, do the numbers work? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a contingency, if you think there's going to be an issue in the yeah. future. What do you have as your contingency in general? Um, refurbs now it's 10% <clears throat> although on single lets now I know I wouldn't hit that because yeah. it's become so accurate um, end value I'd probably drop it by like 10 to 15% off what I think it is so yeah 10 15 overall okay yeah Musk's very similar I do 13 on the refurb and then I'd stress test it at 5 but depending on the market I might stress test it a little bit higher um, so at the mm, moment great. I might go up a little bit but I only do things, a lot of the stuff I buy is in really bad state. Like, so mm. there's a lot of what ifs, particularly Victorian purchases. It can, you can easily hit that 13 just through the what ifs, the stuff that you don't know about. You take off lake and plaster and the house falls down. So Christian Moon has asked, for beginners considering bridging, how would you approach getting the right tradesmen in and how do you factor it? How, oh, I'm so bad at reading live. And how do you factor in this element um, into your timelines without eating, eating into your bridging term length? So I always get 12-month bridge terms. Mm -hmm. um, I know they offer like, oh, six, nine months, we give you like, reduced rates. Forget it. Mm -hmm. Take the slightly higher rate um, and take 12 months because on two of my houses, one, I managed to sell it like complete on the same day as the renewal fee, which is yeah. 5% for most bridges. Mm -hmm. The other one, I was about a week off five yeah. percent so don't underestimate it is what i'd say um i factor in for a brr i factor in eight months mm -hmm. but, but now if i do one it's going to be way quicker than that but i'm factoring it in because who knows what that was going to happen yeah um how do you stop it eating in well you don't you just have to i suppose if you understand refurbs and you have the schedule of works and the sort of scope of work and the timeline you know, well, okay, by month six to eight, we should be fitting the kitchen and bathroom and painting and we're done, um, week six, sorry, and we're done. And then carpets are going in and we can get the survey around and we can get the shit done. Mm -hmm. And you've already spoken to your broker to look for lenders who will do pre-six months um, revals or you'll... So for me, it's just, it's the bigger picture, I suppose. It's like getting all the elements right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, get 12-month terms is the, is the easy answer, I suppose. And I think... 
just just working out like the moving moving parts because mm. sometimes people are like, oh, they they want to rush so much for somebody who do less than six months, but then because you're doing, you're actually the difference is between four months and six months. If you just wait the six, your long term rate drops by a percent and a half. So you do yeah, the numbers yeah. over the next maybe twelve months, and you realize, mm-hmm. do you know what? I'm just going to pay the bridge because my actual long term net, which is why I think for us and a lot of developers that have kind of tried and tested now we just sort of live in our spreadsheets it's just what the numbers say and i've done that before i've waited six months because it was in that period where i was like i'll wait yeah no definitely um i don't know have you done any hmos no don't don't like hmos why not i'm about that passivity i'm about that don't bother me that someone stole your cheese. Don't bother me the light bulb's broken. It's your house. You can you please fix it? So, I, 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 yeah. you know what? I've had today. I've had a very good experience of HMOs, but I think because I do quite high end refurbs, it's naturally mm. you attract what you put out there. So, yeah. like good standard of tenants. Likewise, I don't get the cheese issues. I do get the odds you left your socks in the washing machine. Now I can't use it. But I, I kind of just revert back to it's a shared house. You mm. guys are responsible for your independent communications unless somebody's breaching the tenancy. And generally speaking, I'm like, I told them, like, look, you're not students, so I wouldn't want to treat you like students. I treat you like professionals. So I would expect that you communicate with each other unless you get to the point where it needs to be ridiculously escalated. But again, even with stuff like that, um, from Believer in Outsourcing, so I have like a VA who deals with all of my tenant inbound tenant inquiries. So mm. that works quite well. Um, but the question was just in regards to location for HMOs and flips. Um, so I think HMOs are really all about yield. So a lot of the time you're just looking at where your yield is, also looking at who your target market is. So if your target market is students, you need to be near the university. If your target market is professionals, you need to be in good transport links. Um, again, it just sort of depends on what you're looking for. And if you're doing yeah, sort of short lets or, or something else, um, you just need to kind of look at where your market is and where your demand is. Um, where else are we? What do I mean by stress test? Oh, that was just in terms of just if market forces change. Um, and for example, like working out if the you know property prices drop by 5%, how does that affect your deal? If your refurb costs go up by 10%, how does that affect your deal? Because those are stress factors that could impact the success of, you know, any potential flip or BRR deal. So that's what that is. Um, what was the question I had in advance? So again, back to doing your, your clubhouse pitch of 15 deals <laughs> in nine months. How did you find 15 deals? How do you find your deals? Yeah, so um, the first two were deal sources. The second ones I don't speak to. We got into beef, what a surprise. First one, we also got into beef, what a surprise. Um, but the first one, we kind of solved it now, but he's still sending out shit deals. I'm kind of like, I would buy a deal off him, but I wouldn't get him to manage it. Um, but having said that, that first deal, amazing. One of the best. And my second deal, one of the best. Yeah. Um, mainly because of the tenant and the tenants, but still, um, it is what it is. Um, after that, it was a few from agents, but only a few. Like, I mean, like, two, three, maybe. Yeah. Um, one of them was secured on site. Like, I was like, okay, what do I need to offer? She goes, this number. I said, here's a number. Okay, deal done. Second one was done a few weeks later. But it was a similar thing. She said, Ted, you got offered this. I was 52. 
and you'll have it. I was like, oh, I was 52. And it, there was a trust there um, because I just knew she wasn't chatting. Like, she wasn't like inflating the price to get, you know what I mean? She was, look, I've worked with investors all day long. You can offer less. Please offer less to test this out. But, and I probably did at some point. Here's what you need to offer. I love yeah. that. It was like, you know, deal, done. If, it's, if I can't get there, then it's not done. Uh, and then after that, a lot of it was auction, pre-auction, post-auction, and in-auction. Um, yeah, those are the main ways, actually. Yeah, auction and... Okay. So, not really. Have you tried any direct-to-vendor? I think recently you said you're going to start some direct Yeah. So, um, I am doing it now for land and potentially commercial conversions, which I need to start. I'm, well, actually, I'm actually training my VA to do most of this, basically, or an employee, if I can get on the Kickstarter scheme. Mm-hmm. But for the buy-to-lets, I mean, I've done a few D2V because some of my neighboring houses in my portfolio are, like, vacant and nasty. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of contacted them. But no, I didn't do any D2V. I just, I just thought, you know what? I could spend thousands of pounds and I could do all this shit or I just keep doing my thing and keep, yeah, maybe paying a little bit more, but yeah. I, just, I just couldn't be bothered. That's, that's it. I think it's time. Obviously, we need to understand that with everything, whether it's our capital to invest, our expertise or our time, we only have a certain number of hours in a day and you mm. can't be great at everything. So sometimes you're better off specializing in, like you said, you're good at building relationships, good at branding. And that means that you can get good deals through agents and maybe auction houses. Again, direct to vendor is a really good strategy, but mm. you need to kind of almost specialize in using all the right tools to search the right places, to be on, you know, on top of responding back to people, remembering what deal is even what when they come out, because you send out 500 letters and somebody comes back and says, hi, I'm John. Thanks for getting in touch. Then you have to respond and say, sorry, who are you? And then the relationship's gone already. <laughs> so it's a bit, um, I think, yeah, I found a lot through honestly just through yeah through agents super right move and just london's a bit weird because it's i think where you're based for your black buy to lets it's obvious if a property just needs work and is that sort of undervalued or you know you can add value with london like you know the difference between certain roads the right school districts or just seeing potential that maybe people have missed, you know, with, I think I've spoken before about the one to two bedroom conversions and things like that. So expertise of saying, okay, I know I've done this for a while. And also whether it's loft conversions, rear extensions or where they're going to add value because of the value of our property prices, because our sort of, you know, even flats are upwards of half a million, you can easily know that adding a loft conversion is going to cost you 45,000. That's going to add you an extra bedroom is going to be worthwhile and it can make just a, what's not a deal a deal. Mm-hmm. How do you find that actually with your build costs? Because obviously build costs are not crazily different, but your property prices that you're working in. So I don't do extensions. I don't do loft stuff. Yeah. I ain't never going to do that my buy to let. I had a property that had planning permission to build an extension. It had the footings and it actually mm-hmm. had up to DPC level built. Yeah, he, he, was, he was dreaming this guy, man. Do some Airbnb. Like it was, I said, we're building that because I think it was going to cost like 20 grand to build. It's a double store extension, blah, blah, blah. And it would have added in value about 11 grand. And I said, yeah. hold on a minute here. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And it's the same with land there. It's negative value. Like it, no matter what, mm. you cannot buy that land and make a profit. Even if you have your own cash, you've got no investor costs. Yeah. 
negative. Like it's just it's crazy. Um, so for me, refurbs are very obvious in that mm. it's okay. What's the existing space? Strip it all back. Do it again. Done. Whereas obviously for you, there's so much. Maybe, maybe it's more creative and or yeah. more kind of using space or making space. Mm. And we haven't got uh, permitted development in Wales either, so I wouldn't. Okay. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a double waste of time for me and money. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. That's very much fair enough. And so, what are your plans? You said you're going to go into potentially. Um, you said some land deals and commercial to residential. What sort of areas? Same area, new area? Where are you going to be looking? No, so um, I used to live in West London near Heathrow Airport. Mm-hmm. Now I live in Hertfordshire. So I'm close to like kind of Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire. I'm pretty much, every, I'm kind of in the middle of the major towns here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gorgeous, rural, lots of countryside, lots of green belt, lots of, you know, conservation areas, lots of parish councils, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but big opportunities here. Um, and as pretty much everywhere, that the council aren't doing shit. They're, you know, planning department's slow. The, um, you know, they haven't met their five-year targets ever. They're probably never going to. So it's, you know, it's always ripe um, for kind of like taking an opportunity, mm-hmm. I suppose. So I'm looking at, what I like to do is, so I look at a deal. Right? Or look, I look for deals. So I'm still in the market for flips around here. Your bog standard, mm-hmm. you know, piece of shit, turn it around, flip it. <clears throat> I'm in the market for new build, whether it's, a plot of land, whether it's on the side of a house, in the back of a house, mm-hmm. land with planning, which has never worked so far for me in the sums, land without planning. Um, but also, given the sort of way we're changing with COVID, is to look at commercial conversions. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got this new, is it MA or PA, um, you know, permit development class coming in, a commercial, mm-hmm. which would be pretty cool. So I'm just looking for opportunities. And because there isn't that much stock, I don't want to limit myself to one type because I'm open mm-hmm. to all of them. And land will take this long, commercial will take this long, a flip will take this long. So it kind of builds my pipeline in a kind of yeah appropriate yeah. way, I suppose. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So for I guess tips for somebody sort of starting out, um, a lot of people are looking to start younger as well, mm-hmm. um, which is great, but also with that means again maybe either a lack of capital or lack of experience what um mm. what steps would you say for somebody you know who, who wants to get into property or advice you know from your experience what would you where would you say they should start looking or start, what should they I start think, doing? i think people need to well firstly like i don't know don't start too young but enjoy yourself because life only gets harder you get more bills you get more payments you get more bullshit did, did you see the you washing up that said <laughs> When you, as soon as you're over 25, you don't need an alarm. Your problems wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's very, um, yeah, that's very millennial, very current. Um, and it's and, and then when you when you move out from home, don't even get me start. I spent six hours in the garden today and two hours in here, and I got my bread baking like down there, right? Like, shit is mad when you become an adult. So, firstly. Please enjoy yourself, people. I know you want to do all this stuff and have the, but please enjoy yourself. I promise you're going to regret it if you don't. Mm. Secondly, um, like like um, as you were saying, there's lots of free resources. So because you're at an age where you, I'm assuming here, aren't going to have as much capital because mm-hmm. you haven't worked, you haven't got a pension, whatever. Consume, go on Amazon, go on like pod, you know, podcasts. Literally, give yourself a budget, 150 pounds, 200 pounds. Go on Amazon and buy every single property book. I mean, there's some you shouldn't. I ain't gonna get for that, but yeah. by most, <laughs> by most, 
it, well, obviously by my own um, well, people can read the reviews and make their mind up. Um, but get into it, right? And look at what strategy you can do firstly, because if you've got five grand in the bank, you're not buying a buy to let. Whereas if you're 50, you could. Mm-hmm. So look at what strategy you can do, but then also look at what you want to do. Because if you have 30K in the bank, why can't you have 300 or 3 million? You can, right? You absolutely can raise it. But you also need to know how and where you can start if you haven't got an investor. And most people probably haven't. So think about what can you do? What do you want to do? You know, where do you want to be in X many years? Right? Work out a cash flow goal. Speak to someone like us. Speak to someone who's more experienced who can say, you want 50K a month? Okay, what's the reason for that? Let's break that down. Because yeah. um, you probably don't, depending on what your lifestyle is. Um, and then once you have that target, you know it's there. In three or five years, you need to get there. You can then break it down, mini, 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 into your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly goals. Um, so that, for me, is one of the biggest things to do, is to start that goal-setting process early. Yeah. Um, shadow people, um, you know, like I'm looking for videographers. So if, if anyone can t- take good videos, and I actually have the camera, and they can edit it and do all that shit, you can come on viewings with me for free. Yeah. Um, and, and you can learn. And that's, that's that thing again about the trade-off of skill sets. Because if somebody comes in your DMs tomorrow, and I'm sure people come in every day and says, oh, are you looking at mentoring anybody? Like, you know, I just can't. But if somebody comes and says, like, for example, Artej, I've noticed, like, they might have noticed something. Like, oh, I've noticed your grid is a bit off. And here's my grid that I've done. And this is a page that I've built. Or this is, I'll do this for you if you can offer, if I can just shadow you. It's a lot mm-hmm. of the time. The guy that I'm working with now quite closely that helps me with some of my content that wants to get into property he's found the mm. trade-off and that's how we work together because there's loads of stuff that i'm learning from him where i'm you know pretty bad at social media a lot of the times and there's hopefully there's a lot of stuff that he's learning from me um, yeah that's important why whales like, because um, because loads of people do like there's a question a lot of people like you know for example somebody will approach either myself or you and say look i've got 30,000, 50,000, but I live in London. So I guess why Wales and how did you find investing in an area that wasn't your locality? So for me, it's pretty much the same answer as, as any area. Um, good sales market, good rental market, um, low entry point. So like the North basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose the most important one is high likelihood, at least back then, of doing um, BRs and pulling most of your money back now. It's the same reason that people look at Yorkshire and Liverpool and Scotland. You know, there's nothing special about it. I happen to live in West London. M4 was on my doorstep. It's two hours there, or it's three or four or five to the north. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I If I could choose anywhere, it would be up north <clears throat> because of the capital appreciation and because of um, the economy and what's happening there. Mm, so the infrastructure it's not my, investment as well. Yeah, it's not my dream location. It's not my first choice, you know. But it given is. my location and the fact that I didn't want to drive and all that shit, that's basically why I chose it. Mm-hmm. And then, what about? I guess even though you said it's still only two hours, how did you find not investing where you live? <sighs> Tricky, man. Like. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know who these people are who go up for like a day and then drive back the same day. I fall asleep. So I would go there for two or three days. I would li- li- I'd get an Airbnb. I, I think once I stayed in my own actually because of COVID. But 
like every day would be like 10 15 viewings but i wouldn't even have time to go to the toilet during the day it was painful not even eat properly and when i did it was these like crap sandwiches from asda with no spice no flavor not dry but i i've sacrificed you know like, i'm a foodie and i'm seeing a this dead sandwich quite it it was it was not nice um but you know i wanted to buy them quickly yeah. and buy them less slow i had to use my time there efficiently so i would be all over the bleeding place um and it was tough because what if a proxy comes on monday but i'm not due there till next week because i'm yeah. i went every other week or can i view it next week yeah of course you can but it'll be gone by then and it would be so you know by not being local and not and then i didn't have people local as much mm-hmm. you, you know you struggle um and you are behind other people factually someone locally is going to smash you to the post every single time unless you have people locally yeah now i think that's i think that's really key and did you you said you've got people there now you've built more relationships but i guess the back of that my questions would be do you now work with people locally like in in the areas that you're investing in yeah and also how long did it take <clears throat> you to really understand the market that's not an area that you're from because even in the same way it's not as much as much disparity but i'm sure there's still the right catchment area the right roads the wrong roads the ones that are too mm. close to the motorway etc because you're not there you don't necessarily know that and google maps everything looks like trees <laughs> everything looks like trees that's the quote from today um, so like you know what um to answer the first question yes i got people there um my my kind of new builder as well will do viewings and all that sh- you know like i've got multiple types of people who can do multiple things i'm now actively working with more sources if i can find one is shit so if you're not shit you can send me a dm if you are shit please don't if you're um, sensitive don't dm tech by the way <laughs> you know what yeah yeah please don't um uh i you know i, I it's taken though a year year and a half whatever mm-hmm. but it also to the point with auction is where i can just say like you know for example hey listen i know there's not weed here i know this street let's not take the piss you clearly haven't put a back door picture up of the back can you whatsapp it and they will mm-hmm. you know like i'm having a laugh in my emails and whatsapp with one of the auctioneers one of the biggest auctions there and we're just taking a piss out all sorts mm-hmm. um and and with another one that's the kind of level which means that i don't need to view it because they do yeah. 3d viewing now matterport and all that shit mm-hmm. and if they if i have a suspicion of something i will ask them out verbally and they will tell me um cuz that's the level of trust that has been built so as much as i have people i've got institutional people in the right place which means yeah. i don't even need a human to i can just buy and you know you know what it's like yes there's a lot of what ifs in refurbs because mine we're not going back to brick i just have ever gone back to brick fully before um no i have no i have once i've one um but we we don't need to so for me yeah there's what ifs because i love refurbs and i can price them very accurately mm. i don't need to see it i yeah, i no, just no. know um so the second part was um uh, uh, what was the second part so we see built so built real building relationships and then the second part was more so in terms of being able to get your pricing right on your gdvs like how long did that take to really oh, there yeah. right? <clears throat> um you know what pretty quickly because i networked so much um <clears throat> i saw a lot of deal sources packs and look and analyze those deals for practice um i spent a lot of time analyzing end values i spent a lot of time look, speaking to other people speaking to agents 
Um, and then, of course, because I grew so quickly, um, I, I started to actually then have live refurb costs very early on and pretty quickly they were always changing mm-hmm. and then also gdvs because i had valuations or i had so you know so yeah you had actual live numbers to yeah from my own and because i networked people would say to me ted i just got valued on this like, and so it was a kind of and even learning the areas right like distinguishing the nice trees from yeah. the bad trees like i would speak to people and say would you you know what it was probably easier than doing it where i live but because mm-hmm. where i live we have stigma, right? Like, oh, that's my hair. Yeah. You know, whereas there, I was like, oh. Mm. And so I probably learned better. Um, oh, my plants died. <laughs> I probably learned better um, by not being local. You know, that actually probably that's benefited me. No, that's good. Because I, I get asked the question a lot. And obviously, I've always worked where I've lived. So mm. I'm not the person to go to. But there are, you know, loads of people like Ted, I can see... Um, I think I've spoke to the guys from, I think it's Dungard Properties that are based. Do you know Properties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good mates. Yeah, I like they, them, yeah. They do a lot around um, the world's area. Luke's Properties as well, that I think is mm. in the chat, as, that he um, does does quite a lot around there as well, which there, there is a lot of opportunities if, you know, you've got a certain level of capital and it just simply won't stretch for the London market. But I think the the main thing I took out of your answers are, yes it's possible but there's a lot of work to do around it and don't just think because it's cheaper it's easier by any means that you still have to understand everything else you'd have to understand because you're still investing your twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, however much you're investing you still got you know that money to work i'll tell you something the amount of people who cannot analyze a deal is scary man because i do like three 15 minute calls like twice a week mm-hmm. and someone came on he's a london investor actually he's now doing my e-learning but we looked at this deal of his and he thought it was a BR or this shit. It turns out he was leaving in a hundred grand, which is okay, depending mm. on the deal. Um, his ROI was something like 7% on money left in, which for me is just, I won't even open my eyelid for that. Yeah. I don't think any investor would or should um, in, in this deal anyway. Mm. Then we, we went through the you know deal analysis and I said, what about this? And he goes, oh yeah, it's this. Then it turns out the ROI is zero because he's actually going to be cash flowing minus 700 pounds a month with 100k left in. And he had an offer accepted. And I said, you better pull out, boy. Yeah. That's a shit deal. And yes, that's London. So we're talking big sums, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the amount of people who won't pay 15 quid to read a book or won't pay 500 quid to learn deal analysis, mm-hmm. it, it's shocking and it's scary because they're going to fuck up, think they did a VRR. And when it goes wrong, Oh, that Rick Surveyor. And still, Rick Surveyor's like, I've got beef with you lot as well. But they're going to say, oh, you downvalued me. And then, oh, the builder ripped me off. And it's like, nah, bruv, you were a dickhead because you didn't analyse the deal. Yeah. It's scary the amount of people. It's scary. I think it is very, very important to <clears throat> firstly try and work out what it is that you don't know. So mm. there's loads of free information out there. Take time to like, you know, to digest that. And at the point where you feel like, okay, you know where your gaps in your in your knowledge base are, you can then start paying for information. Because you know, that people often undervalue information but will pay the builder, but then won't pay for the, the information to know that the builder's ripping them off. And it's that's good. So it's kind of like finding that balance between the payment. I know I should do what you said. I'm going to try, by the way. <laughs> but, I know. but um, 
yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. That don't devalue or don't disrespect information because information is what is actually going to make you the money. So many people will tell you, you don't make the money when you sell, you make it when you buy and you make it when you buy because you analyze the deal correctly. You understood your costs. You understood your rate of interest. You understood your exposure. You understood your risk. Are you taking the right level of risk for rewards? And you can't do all of those things without a solid foundation of knowledge. And we're talking property. So if your foundation is not solid, whatever you build on top of it, whether that be raising investor finance or building a great brand, if you don't understand the basics, it's all going to come crashing down in the long term. So and you should be using investor finance if you if can't you don't understand people. how to do things. <clears throat> yeah, it's just dangerous. It's just dangerous, man. But yeah. No. Nah. I think that's it. I think um, that kind of concludes us at a very, very nice point of the day. Obviously, I'd like to, um, well, I'd like you to give the opportunity to plug your 17 different things you're doing this week. <laughs> um, so the first thing I'm going to plug, I'm just going to reach over here and get one of the proof oh, copies of it. The one you made earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Got my Blue Peter badge coming soon. Um, this, oh, ignore that, I haven't got a real copy because they've sold out, people keep buying them. Um, this is in my book on Amazon. It's currently got, I think, 175 five-star reviews. Um, it's a Kindle, it's a physical book, it's got satin covers. And I see the font, look at this, ooh. ooh. Um, and ooh. yeah, 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 you, you know about that. And um, it is also an audible by me in a professional studio with a professional mic. Like, you know what I'm saying, I do it properly. <clears throat> Alternatively, um, can, my network can, you like every... one, can you give us one line of you doing the audible just as a teaser? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that was that's not a good line. Ah, let's start here. The easiest way to find properties and research. Why are we giving them too much? Ooh. We're giving them too much. Stop. Oh, sorry. No, nah, sorry. Sorry. Go and buy the book. Sorry. <laughs> Go and buy the book, people. And the best one, kit on Audible is free. I don't think I get paid for the Audible version. It's ridiculous. Amazon just take all my money. Um, the second book is coming out in less than a month so that's interesting it's different from thank you christian said the audible is quality um it's different from my first one but it's going to be equally as lit um i also do free 15 minute like sessions it's called ask me anything link is in my bio also as you very kindly spoke about my e-learning the link is in my bio feel free to dm me um, it is aimed at beginners and it focuses on the brr strategy in single lets and it takes the book and all my free stuff to another level. And I also have a raising finance module. So if you think you ain't got no money for deals, you think your uncle who's hiding a hundred grand, how'd you get out of him? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and also SCA compliance because it's a criminal offense not to comply. That means prison, playing Akon locked up in your Instagram story when that happens. Um, check it out. Um, it's probably the cheapest raising finance module out there. And I'm gonna say it's probably the best. So yeah, links are in my bio. Follow me people. Yeah, that is definitely everyone is in here tell a friend tell a friend i will be saving this so you can come back and see it later but make sure you're following ted you following him probably one of the first people i followed to be honest just because his branding was really good really liked it um nice guy will shout at a lot of people so potentially if you're stressed you could just be stressed with him which is great we will be back uh, each and every Sunday, 6 p.m. So make sure, you know, you set yourself for a little reminder and lock in. Next week, we have another episode um, in regards to finance. So we're going to have an amazing broker on with 10 plus years of experience. Be to ask all of your questions in the property space about raising finance, development loans, bridging finance, buy-to-lets, residentials. 
Um, and that's pretty much it. So thank you everyone for locking in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tej, you've been amazing. Your hair's been sensational. And I shall <laughs> see you all very soon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. See you soon. Bye.